If you're a Christian, you are the voice. Now, we've said that the question is not, am I the voice? But the question really is, what are you saying with the voice that God's given you? You know, Matthew uh, writes, Matthew 16, Jesus is saying this. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We have said that Jesus wanted his followers to absolutely understand that everything that we do, everything that we say, it's critical. The fact is eternities in the balance. And that when the world looks and they see your life, that they will either be drawn toward a relationship with God or they will be repelled away from ever wanting a relationship with God. Last week we talked about taking, taking risks, that you, you have to step out of your comfort zone. And that you kind of step into the zone of the unknown, but you just allow God to use you. And you're not sure how that's going to be initially, but you just got to take the step and see where God leads you. I remember uh, back I was still uh, just, start, just in my first year of college, and... Um, I was working at Kroger's at the time, but there was a girl that worked there that God kind of put on my heart. And so I'm I'm working, I'm a checker at the time, and uh, early on, I just, it was a casual kind of, hey, how you doing, what's going on in your life kind of thing. But over the months ahead, I kind of got to know her better, and she knew that I was a Christian. She knew that I was studying for ministry. And I kind of pieced together through conversations and things that I had, had heard that she was an agnostic. You know, she believed in God. She just saw God as some distant deity that had some hand in the creation of the world, but then had kind of abandoned creation and left us to our, to our own. And so o- over time, we... Again, just got to know each other better, and I kind of knew her likes and dislikes and how she communicated, and things started kind of move, moving forward, and pretty soon she was opening up, you know, she was opening up about some of her struggles in life, struggles that she had in school and in relationships and just a lot of stuff like that. And I could see God was bit by bit just kind of opening that, that door, that door that we talked about, that, that moment when the Holy Spirit just kind of prompts you. Her car was broke down. She was looking for a ride, and I said, I'll, t- I'll take you home after work. And so we're driving, and she kind of opened that spiritual door. And it was something like, you know, Damon, you're different than everybody I know. You, you appear to know what you're doing in life. You are comfortable being, being yourself. She said, and I've watched you. you. You always seem happy, even when things aren't going great in your life. And here was the key. She goes, I wish I had whatever it is that you've got. Now, I didn't realize it at the time, or... I knew that was a, a open door for me, but I didn't really understand that that was a spiritual door, that it was being flung wide open. And so I'll, I'll be honest with you, 
I kind of stumbled initially. You know, I fumbled, fumbled the ball because I, I was trying to get my bearings and my mind was racing, you know, what am, what am I going to say? And so finally, I just took a big breath and paused for a moment. And I remember saying to her, Cheryl, my relationship with God is the difference. Now, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about relationship. Relationship. When I realized that not only had God created me, but that God loved me, that God wanted a relationship with me because of what Jesus Christ did, I'm now able to have that relationship with God. When the reality of that hit me, I just gave my heart to God, gave my life to God. That changed everything for me, absolutely everything. And friends, for the next several hours, we sat out on the step at her home. She asked a lot of questions. One thing kind of led to another, and over the course of that, we ended up praying, and she accepted Christ into her heart. I'll never forget that. Now, shortly after that, she headed off to college. We kind of lost track of each other. And it was about 15 years after that that I ran into her in in the store. And um, we were catching up on everything. And she told me she had gotten married to a Christian man. She had two children. That church and God was central to her life. She said, we just, in fact, got back a couple months ago from a short mission trip. She said, we went for a couple weeks. And friends, as she was bringing me up to speed, my heart was pounded so hard. And all I could think about was, I wonder what would have happened hadn't I taken that risk, hadn't I spoken up. And friends, I'm here to tell you today, I never, ever, ever get tired of God using me. And Christians, I want you to understand, there is nothing more thrilling in this life, there's nothing more thrilling in the Christian life than to get to a point where you can have one of those high-stake conversations with someone. Where God, through the Holy Spirit, uses you, speaks through you, uses you. To change the heart of another living human being. There is nothing greater. There's nothing that will jazz you up more. A, a conversation that changes someone's life, changes eternity. I believe, as Christians, we have to be prepared to have those kind of conversations. You know, Peter, he writes, First Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. It says, But have reverence for Christ in your heart and honor him as Lord. In other words, live it. Be ready at all times to answer anyone who asks you to explain the hope you have in you. But do it with gentleness and respect. We need to be ready. We need to be ready because when that spiritual door gets flung open... You do not want to miss that opportunity. There's nothing greater than helping another person find God in in their life. 
Uh, it's kind of like uh, spiritual adrenaline, you, you might say. Absolutely, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Now, let's just say that you're willing to walk across the office or walk across the campus at your school or that, that street or maybe it's at a ball game like we just saw. And let's just say you've taken that step and you're developing a relationship with someone and over time that relationship it's getting more open, more honest. You're beginning to understand one another. And then one day, that spiritual door gets flung open. It's that moment. Someone says, hey, Joe, you, you seem like you're really into God. You seem like you love God. I mean, sure, I, I've, I've prayed a few times. I mean, when I'm in a bind. I've even been to church a few times. Go with the family during the Christmas season once in a while. That's really about it. Joe, why is God so important to you? If you were to have that happen, are you ready for that moment? Because, friends, that is a defining moment. That is a moment that can change an eternity. It can change someone's life. And in that moment... What comes out of your mouth next is key. I mean, one of a couple things could happen. I mean, if you're not ready for that moment, part of you, you panic. You panic inside. You're not prepared, and so you just miss the opportunity. Or, or you find yourself kind of skirting the, the subject and uh, avoiding the question that they put out there. You know, you change the topic real, real quick. Uh, talk about something safe instead. Or, or maybe when that moment comes, that opportunity, if, if you're not ready, what you do, you just come undone. And you give an answer that, in all honesty, doesn't make much sense at all. Sometimes people in that moment, I, I've seen, and they, they just unload a lot of scripture, download it, you know, something they've heard in a message, and they just start spewing it. And it has no real connection, no real plan to it. It's, it's just disconnected. And friends, I want to tell you, those opportunities are rare, and we've got to learn to tell our story. Now, I am not talking about a memorized story, word for word. I'm not talking about uh, taking and delivering it like some mechanical thing, you know, with, you know it's kind of heartless and... Uh, you just kind of go, here, blah, 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 blah. But I'm talking about that you know your story well enough. You know the main points of your story well enough that you can sh- share it. You can share it in a unique way that's you, that reveals who you are and who God is and how he's working in your life. Something that will connect with people, that'll connect with whatever it is they've just got done asking you. You know, so if someone says, why is God so important? Think about this for a moment. Could you answer that in a minute or less? You know, could you articulate your faith in a manner that that makes sense? You know, that's sincere, that's engaging. Could you tell your story 
and God's story accordingly. Could you do that? Are you ready for that moment? When someone says, why is God so important? Or, I wish I had what you have. I am so sick of everything. How are you able to stay so positive? Those are all unique spiritual windows. And honestly, they have a very similar answer, don't they? But you've got to know your story. You've got to know it well enough that you could tweak it to kind of address the question that's being asked. You know, every once in a while, I'll get in conversations with people. They'll, they'll tell me they're Christian. And once in a while, just casually, I'll go, how'd you come to faith? You know, how, how did you come to know Jesus Christ? And what I'm doing, I'm really asking people, tell me your story. I want to know your story. And it's actually quite curious when, when you take that step with people because people start bumbling around usually. They, they take you through twists and turns and they take you down rabbit holes and, and pretty soon you're, you're trying to figure out, what are you trying to tell me? And after they're finished, all honesty, I'm thinking, if I was a person trying to figure out the faith, trying to figure out Christianity, trying to figure out how God fit in my life, after hearing that story, I would have absolutely no interest and I know you're going, wow, that's pretty cold. But friends, inside I'm thinking, are you kidding me? The most precious thing that we have, that is not going to draw people closer to God. It's going to send them running. You know, I, I, just being honest here, if I feel, and I'm a pastor, if I feel kind of dazed by it, if I'm a little confused by it, if I feel preached to or, or judged or, or put down in the midst of the story, I tend to think like the world. And friends, I, I can't imagine what someone that's really far from God, who's really trying to figure things out, figure out where God fits in, I cannot imagine what they're thinking in those moments. Now, I know some of you are sitting there going, Damon, I'm very disappointed you just said that. You're a pastor. I can't believe that you would say something like that. And here's the deal, folks. This is so important. It is so important. We need to realize how vitally important it is so that we prepare ourselves for that moment. It matters. Eternity's in the balance our friends and people that we care about and work with and love, it's absolutely important. So don't misunderstand me. I am glad we all have stories. I celebrate the fact that we have those stories. I'm just making a suggestion that we learn to tell them better. And that's what I want to do with the time that we have left is I just want us to look at some things we can do to prepare for that moment so that we can tell our story better to the folks around us. First is, put your story, you ready? On a diet. Slim fast, okay? Most faith stories are too long. When you are given an opportunity to share your story. Keep it brief. Keep it brief. You know, through the years, I have listened to a lot, a lot of stories. 
And when I've asked, hey, what's your faith story? I'm kind of expecting like a two or three minute deal. There have been times I've grown a full beard during, during the conversation. It's like, okay. It's better to leave people wanting more instead of them wanting out, you know? Looking for the door. I think my mom's calling me. You've got to trust God to open the door wider. You know, your story, if you tell it right, it'll get them talking to you. It's a conversation, not a monologue. Now, I believe that the best conversations are question-driven. That's the kind of conversations that come out of, if you share your story and keep it brief, they ask questions. Questions tell you they're interested in what you have to say. It helps them guide that conversation that you're having. You cannot cover everything in your story, and you shouldn't try. You know, a lot of, a lot of things, again, they come out as they begin to ask questions. It's having a conversation. In other words, trim it down, trim it down, trim it down, slim fast, okay? Second thing is we need to tell our story, and we need to be tuned into them. You know, pay attention to them. You know, we said that's our focus, the person. You know, pay attention to body language. You know, if someone looks like they're getting kind of skittish, dial it down. If they appear to be getting antsy, dial it down. You know, if their eyes are glazing over, that is probably a sign that you've either went too long or you're too intense. You know, it may be that you just missed the target. They ask you a question, you were so preloaded for what you wanted to share that you didn't even listen to their question, and so you're off on something else, and they're trying to figure out how, do, how does this connect. It could be you're talking over their head, but what's their body language saying? What's the body language saying? Are they engaged or not? That's really important. Again, I've listened to a lot of stories through the years. And all too often, they're just not clear. I mean, it's bad enough that they're long, but then they're just incoherent. They don't make much sense. You know, someone asks you to say, how did you come to faith, you know, or what's your story? And as they begin to share that, people, again, they're they're weaving all these plots and these storylines. I hear about every incredible thing that's ever happened. They're trying to tell me things that are really just too hard to explain. I hear about every book they've read, you know, church they've attended, and it all comes out in one long, incoherent story that doesn't make any sense. And please understand me. I am trying to get us to understand, and I'm not discounting the stories that we're telling. Those experiences, they're important. But you've got to stay focused. You, you have to get to the core of what you want to share with someone that doesn't know God. You need to be able to answer their question 
and stay close to the central theme, to follow some line of reasoning, you know, from an analytic standpoint. Another thing you've got to do is, I call it, avoid the twilight zone. How many of you remember that show, Twilight Zone? You know, it was that sci-fi kind of suspense drama. And it had all kinds of, like, strange twists and turns, right? Remember the... The narrator, they'd open up, you're traveling through another dimension. A dimension, not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land of imagination. Next stop, the twilight zone, and then what? (laughs) My brother and I, we always watched that, and after every show, we would turn to each other and go, that was just weird. (laughs) Don't make your face story like a twilight zone. You know, stay away from the strange God stories. And we all have them. If you've been a Christian very long, you've got them. Remember uh, several years ago, in fact, it's been a decade or more, um, but I was talking to a guy, he was sharing his faith, and I finally asked him, how'd you come to, to faith? And he started with this burst of energy. I mean, it kind of shocked me initially. And he goes, you're not going to believe this. He goes, I I was driving home from work one day, and I just sensed God saying, reach under the seat, reach under the seat. And he said, I did. And he said, I found a french fry. (laughs) Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, boy, this is going to be good. He said, the next day, I'm heading home from work, And I sensed God saying, reach under the seat. Reach under the seat again. He said, I found two French fries. Man, I was on the edge of my seat at this point. (laughs) He goes, I'm driving home the next night after work. God spoke again. You know know what he asked me. He said, I reached under there. You're never going to guess what happened. I'm thinking... Three French fries, a happy meal, uh, you know, what, what is it, what is it? He goes, I got in a wreck, and I was in the hospital for two days. And then he told the rest of his story. When he started, being honest here, I'm just going, why? Why are you telling me this? Again, I'm not discounting that, okay? Hear me. I'm not discounting that story. I am not saying that it's not a powerful story for him. What I'm saying is, don't ever tell that story to a non-Christian. Just do not tell those kind of stories. Leave it out. All it does is confuse things. No, the the fact is, you just got to leave that kind of story out. Again, I I believe all of us. How many of you could tell a weird God story like that? All right, seriously, we all have them. I mean, I've shared this before. When when I was in college, uh, one night, it was about 3 a.m., I just bolted up in in bed, and I had this deep sense that I was supposed to call a friend of mine, Larry, and uh, he was in New York at the time. And I was like, okay, 3 a.m., he'll forgive me for calling him this late. And so I called. 
And the phone rang and rang and rang and rang. And he finally answered the phone, and I could tell he was pretty upset. But friends, he had to lay the gun down to answer the phone. Now, I've shared that story before with Christians. I've shared it when we've been talking about how the Holy Spirit might work or a supernatural way that, that God works sometimes. But hear this, it is not part of what I would share with someone that's seeking God, trying to figure out where God fits in their life because the fact is that just seems odd to them. It will just confuse them and it gets you really off the point of where you're trying to help that person. Again, shouldn't be the first thing you draw and go, here, let me tell this story. This will draw you in. It just doesn't. Why are you a Christian? You got to avoid the twilight zone, okay? Don't talk Christianese. You know, when you tell your story and you use a lot of uh, religious or biblical terms, you know, redemption, propitiation, uh, those, those type of things. You know, we, I grew up in a time when you would, someone would say, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That is absolutely true. But for someone that's searching for God, doesn't know God, you might as well be talking some kind of code or some kind of foreign language. Because in their mind, when you use those words, when you use terminology that we're very comfortable with, they're going, what are you saying? What are you trying to tell me? It takes a lot of work to share your faith and leave out the religious terminology. I, in fact, I'd challenge you with that because the, the fact is the longer you're a Christian, the more difficult it gets because you forget. You forget how people in the world, what they understand versus people that are in the church all the time. You've got to work on it so that every word that you say as you're sharing it, that person goes, I understand that. They may not agree with it, but they understand it. Again, this isn't a class on religion that you're teaching. It's a conversation with a non-believer. You should not need an interpreter for them to understand you. You shouldn't. The other thing is come down to earth. Don't get all superior with people. I can't tell you how many times I've had that faith conversation. And there, there's this point where I realize as they're going on and on and on that they're preaching to me. They're telling me kind of how they got their act together, and I don't. I mean, that's how it feels. And my personality, I just retreat. I just retreat. Again, I can't imagine. I mean, I'm a pastor. I'm used to whatever. But I can't imagine if I didn't know God, if I wasn't very close to God, I can't imagine what that must feel like. Again, we are God's voice. We are God's voice. And just a little side note, You don't have it all together. You are not perfect. You're just forgiven. And that's the good news. 
People need to know you love them where they're at. We talked about that last week. Meet people where they're at. You love them so much that you will meet them there, but you love them so much you're not going to let them stay there. Now, how do you tell your story? Well, I would suggest you need a focus as you're trying to think through what would you share with someone. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes this, the fifth chapter, verse 17, says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new life has begun. In other words, there's the old you, and then you met Jesus Christ, gave your life to God. And then there's the new you. That's a pretty good way to tell your story. When, when people ask that question, you know, they ask the question, why are you a Christian? Why are you different? However they put it. If you were to take and strip that question down to the core of what they're asking you, they're, they want to know how God's made a difference in your life, you know, how your relationship with God has changed everything. That's what they're asking you. You know, this is kind of a poor analogy, but you ever run into someone, haven't seen them for a while, and they're, they're pretty amped up on something, and they, they'll be like, I've been going to this nutritionist. It's amazing. Well, if I'm in that conversation, the things I want to know is, okay, you're amazed with the nutritionist. This is, apparently means something. Tell me how they've made a difference. That's, that's what I want to know. I want to know what was the old, okay? How did the nutritionist help you, and what's the new? In other words, what's the upside on this? It is the same thing when it comes to your faith. When someone catches you and they go, why God? You know, why Jesus Christ? Why, why the church? Why do you go to church every week? Why is God so important? In that moment, you have to capture. Here's what was going on in my life. Then I gave my life to God, to Jesus Christ. And here's what's going on now. That's what people want to hear. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It just needs to be real. It needs to be coherent. It needs to be focused. It needs to be understandable. And it needs to be brief. Did I say brief? You read through scripture. There's a story in John 8. woman is caught in adultery. And the religious leaders literally drag her to the public square. They're going to stone her to death. That was the penalty back then. Jesus steps in. He confronts the religious leaders. He challenges their self-righteousness. And one by one, the religious leaders drop their stones, and they walk away. Jesus walks over to the woman. I picture... She's buried herself in the, in the dust. Jesus is like, look at me. Where are your accusers? Where are they? He said, I don't condemn you. Just go and sin no more. New life. Now, I'm just guessing, but I'll bet that woman told that story over and over and over and over for the rest of her life. 
not some strange, weird, freaky story. But when people ask her, why Jesus? I imagine that she probably said something like this. You know, well, you know what? My life kind of reached a low point. In fact, it almost cost me my life. I got caught in this situation, and, well, the shame, you can't imagine the shame. It kind of took me over. And I met this guy. I met the Son of God, Jesus. He, he reached out to me. He didn't condemn me. He forgave me. He invited me to start a new life. And since that time, I have never been the same. That was her story. You know, Luke 19 tells us about a guy named Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He was a dishonest tax collector. His whole life was about money. I mean, anything for a buck. And this guy, he climbs a sycamore tree, we're told in Scripture, because he wants to see Jesus. He invites Jesus over to his house for dinner. By the end of dinner, he's, he's a changed man. He decides he's going to pay back all the people he's taken advantage of and extorted and stolen from. And then he decides he's going to take half his net worth and he's going to give it to the poor. Now, I want you to think for a minute. Can you imagine what Zach's story might have been like? When someone asks him, so why, why have you changed? You're not ripping people off anymore. Why is God so important to you, Zach? Well, you know I geared my whole life around money. Did anything, everything. Just get one more dollar. And that greed, it, it was destructive. Took me down some dark, dark roads. In fact, I destroyed everything and everyone I touched. And then I met Jesus. He set me free from that destructive pattern. He showed me that people are the most important thing. And so now I've made people important, not things. I'm honest now. I've got my priorities straight. Everything in my life has changed because of Jesus. And I wonder how many times Zach told that story in his life. And here's my question today. What's your story? What's your story? This is homework. We don't do this very often. But I want you to think about what the key concept in your life is a, a concept that connects to people that are outside the faith. I was like this before I met Jesus Christ. And since I met him, I'm like this. And just pray about it and learn to tell that story. You know, figure out, catch a good friend, somebody who knows you well, and ask them, say, what would the key concept be? What would sum up my life before and after? And then the challenge is write it out. Write it out. You go, oh, I don't have time to. Write it out. Write it out. Work through it. Pare it down. hundred words or less. Feel like you're in class now? 
you have to be able to tell it succinctly, clearly, and quickly. But it needs to be before and after. And then tell it. Do not memorize it. It's not a play. There are no rights and wrongs, but get the core of it from here, from the heart. Your story. Somebody's waiting to hear your story. Not my story, your story. Your story can have enormous impact. It is worth telling. It is worth getting right. It's worth working on. It is worth praying every day and saying, you know what, God? Give me the opportunity. If you just give it to me, I will tell it. And I believe when you pray that, God will honor that request, and he'll give you that opportunity. All right? Let's bow in a word of prayer together. Our holy God, I thank you for all the stories. There are stories all over this auditorium. God, they're all part of your story. Story that's still being written. God, I thank you that Through us, we get the privilege of touching another life, changing a life, marking eternity. God, I praise you for just those miraculous ways you have opened up conversations, that you have started relationships that, God, I can't tell you how many times what started out as Hey, how are you doing? Months later, you did something tremendous in that. God, I pray that we'd all look for those opportunities. God, I know many of us are thankful for the people that shared their story with us and changed us. God, may we always be faithful. May we always be yours. Use us as you see fit. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.